Welcome to the Parenting with Impact podcast with your hosts, Elaine Taylor-Klaus and Diane Dempster, co-creators of ImpactParents.com, an online community, award-winning blog, and service organization, helping parents all over the world to raise complex kids become capable, independent adults. Elaine and Diane are certified coaches with personal experience raising children with challenges such as ADHD, anxiety, and more, and extensive experience in guiding parents to raise their complex kids with confidence and calm. On the podcast, Elaine and Diane interview experts, bringing you cutting-edge information about your child's challenges, teach you real-life strategies to create lasting change, and demonstrate how coaching can guide you to parent your complex kids one conversation at a time. For the essentials of Elaine and Diane's coach approach to parenting, download a free tip sheet at impactparents.com slash podcast. Welcome back, everybody, to another conversation in the Parenting with Impact podcast. I'm Elaine. I'm Diane. So glad you're here with us. We are thrilled to welcome Julie Zeff, who is part friend, part colleague, part client, all mom, and more. And Julie is here to play with us in our sandbox of success stories. So we're so excited to have you here. Thank you for doing this. Thanks so much, Elaine. And Diane, it's so such an honor to be here. And just thinking back to when I first started with you guys in this capacity, I like couldn't have even imagined in a million years that I'd be sitting here with a success story to share. Well, I'd <laughs> I, I like imagined it, but it seemed very far away at the time. So yeah. I'm so grateful to be here yeah. for so many reasons. Awesome. Well, start a, like a little bit about the background. What tell us what you were like as a parent, you know, kind of before you started your journey with us. What were what was kind of the highlights of what was going on for you? Yeah. So I can I back up a little bit more than that? Yeah, yeah. of course. Yes. I was okay, gonna okay. say, because I, I was thinking part mom, part therapist, part coach, part right. Yeah, so, yeah. I think like all that plays in here so much yeah. into how I just even like got to you. But um, you know, first Diane, we met because I we moved to Atlanta. I have I have three kids, and this was our fifth city in 10 years coming to Atlanta. And now, now we've been here about nine years, but each of my three kids was born in a different city over wow. a period of 10 years. And so when we moved here, I'm a, I'm a life coach and LCSW and, and I was, but at the time I had my own life coaching practice and, and I was doing some networking and Diane, we met that way and yeah. as colleagues and we were hanging out and you were telling me all about this business that you created. And I think you guys had written a book, just written a book. The first yeah, book. First book. Yeah. yeah. And I so got that was parenting book. ADHD. Now that was 2016. So, okay. 2016. So, mm-hmm. yeah. So um, I got the book and I read it, you know, just like as we were connecting and I'm like, this stuff is great. I love this stuff. And I started referring it to my clients and friends and like telling everyone I knew about the book and just thought it was great. But, you know, I was like, I don't need any of this though, professionally. Like, this is just like a great colleague of mine who's doing this amazing work and it was helpful. But, and I was using some of the tools with my family and kids, you know, but I didn't need you because of ADHD or anything like that. Right. So um, if we fast forward a little bit, a couple years down the road, things started to um, fall apart with my middle child. And really with me and um, not her at all. She was doing great, but I was, <laughs> I was struggling because she, well, I think she was struggling a little bit too, but um, 
she, you know, was having a hard time turning in homework. She was hitting an older elementary school and she had always, she was just so creative and fun and our free spirit and spunky. And like, we always kind of would joke that if it was shiny or, you know, shiny or attractive, like she was always drawn to it. Like it, she was there. Like, she was, she was on there. It. She would like, yeah, like things would grab her attention, right? If it was, if it was, you know, interesting or shiny, she'd be like, oh, I'm all over, all over that. So so she'd be all over really interesting things and not really her schoolwork. And so that like created <laughs> a ton of friction between her and I. And I think in general, you know, you guys talk about the tone of the home. Like in general, I felt like we have a, a pretty good tone of the home. My husband has a great sense of humor, thank goodness. And I think it's just a natural with all of this and like parenting. So he really was like holding kind of the the tone, but then there was me and, and, and then at this point, my middle daughter and, and I really parented in this, um, you know, my mom, amazing to her credit. She, I, I think didn't have such great role models and really try. She was a school teacher and also a therapist. So she tried to pull all these different models together and I, and mm-hmm. parented me in a really rigid way and, um, you know, black and white, like a very fixed mindset, mindset. kind of way. And so that was how I learned how to parent. And it worked really well with my older child who, you know, had great executive function skills and was kind of running the family. <laughs> like from an early age, she was just on top of things, but it did not work at all with my middle child. And mm-hmm. um, I just remember one moment before I found you guys where my older child said to my middle child, just get on mom's page, just do what she tells you and then she'll leave you alone. And, and my middle child paused looked at her and said, no, mom is going to get on my page. (laughs) (laughs) So from the mouths of babes, right? Yep. I mean, and that, that was it. So she was right. And she is my biggest teacher. And I really owe all of this to her. I think, um, you know, finding you and just being here has helped me to become the mom that I always wanted to be. And knew, knew I could be, but had no idea how to be. And um, yeah. and really, it was because she ended up getting diagnosed with ADHD. And our um, we got her an executive function coach and our pediatrician, and both referred me to to you guys. And I was That's like, so wait, funny. I know, I know this person. Like, I know, <laughs> I know Diane. She's 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 amazing. And, and I'm like, yeah, I, I think I might need this. So my husband and I hopped on a call with you, Diane. And mm-hmm. after we hung up, I signed up for individual coaching and group coaching. And I've been hooked ever since, I think. So probably. what was it about, about impact parents? Like, cause you were already, you're, you're an LCSW, you're coach. So this is not new to you. Like you understand the coach approach from a professional lens, right? So what was it about it that attracted you from a personal lens? Well, I think it was just that, like it was, you know, I think part of what attracted me to being a coach in the first place was the coach approach and living Mm -hmm. in that way. It just felt it's so different from how I was raised and how I saw the world, but yet felt so natural to me and like how I wanted to be. But I remember even in those earlier years and, and, you know, when we weren't necessarily in the crisis that we ended up at in a, in a moment of time, but, um, you know, like I always was like, how can I, I, I couldn't figure out how to apply all the coaching tools that I had learned and that I saw that were so effective with my coaching clients. I couldn't, could, for the life of me, could not figure out 
how to apply them to my own kids. And like, mm-hmm. as a mom, I, the curiosity, the, um, you know, being in the moment, dancing in the moment, the not being non-judgmental, really focusing on the relationship, like all those things. I mean, I, I should probably give myself a little credit. I'm, I'm sure I, I did better. Some of it, but yeah, yeah, you yeah. absolutely. We're doing some, you were doing a huge amount of stuff and it, it felt foreign to you because well, it didn't feel it was, integrated. Is yeah. what I'm hearing. Yeah, right. It didn't feel integrated. And it, it just, it felt like there was this way everybody else or all these other good parents were being felt like I could not get, I couldn't, I just couldn't integrate. I couldn't put my finger on it and, and grab it. And I felt like when, when we were talking, like, this is it, like, this is what's going to help me to get that and, and be that. Well, and what's coming up is you're saying that Julia, and maybe we should take a step back because we're all coaches and we know what you mean when we say, you know, it's like a kind of thing. And I loved about the coach approach, but it's like, let's talk a little bit more about those tools you mentioned, whether it's curiosity or meeting your child where they are. I mean, you're talking about your daughter saying you're going to get on my page. That is absolutely part of what this is about is figuring out where she is and helping her from where she is instead of from where you are, or you want her to be. So talk not, a little bit about, go ahead. Not from a control place, right? Yeah. Not from yeah. a, I'm surrendering control as a parent place, but from a place of actually leading you know, it's getting in touch with your role as a leader, as a parent to be able to meet them where they are. But so I love, I love this question, Diane, like, what is this for you, this coach approach for you? Yeah. And even just to add to that, it's like a a connectedness that I Mm -hmm. felt like from inside and like kind of really being in the moment. And these are, you know, such concepts that you talk about, like this taking the long view and not getting scared of the future. Like I'd be playing all these scenarios in my head about what could be right. And like getting super anxious. That was a big part of this work for me and, and still is yeah. that I'm, I'm working on. I, I tend toward being anxious. And, mm-hmm. and so this, you know, worrying about the, the future and, and like, like all of that would, would come up and like be running the show or the shoulds, right. How I should be as a parent or how my, my kids should be and how we should look. Right. And what was like normal, this idea of, of normal, like I, I had to um, really back up and be like, just slow it all down and get really present with me and, and to be able to get present with my kids and specifically, you know, especially my middle, middle daughter and like really, see her and kind of, um, connect. Yeah. And just like, and you guys gave me the tools and the space to do that, like that I didn't have myself. So I want to highlight that because it's the tools and the space, right? So you had the tools, but you didn't quite know how to apply them, or maybe you didn't have all of them, or we introduced them in a different way, but there's something about pausing that we know as coaches is so powerful. There's something about pausing and creating the space for yourself to practice, right? To be in that place where you try it and say, well, what worked and what didn't and how do I want to do it differently? And so you stepped into a a practice space to apply what you knew or what you were learning so that you could then bring it back to the family. Exactly. Yeah. The rinse and repeat, that idea that you guys talk about where you try things and if it doesn't work, you rinse and repeat and you try it again. Right. And just creating, there's all these um, great little tools that you guys have that I, I would use in practice, but that, that space was key. And at first, you know, I think I, I did it a little differently. I think most people or many people come in starting with sanity school. And I think I dove in with individual coaching and the group coaching kind of at the same time. 
And that's what helped me to get to create, you know, kind of get us, you guys created a, a place for me to land, a soft place for me to land so that I could kind of sort through what I needed and where we were going. And then once, you know, I think the individual coaching gave me a place just to kind of fall apart and really work on the individual pieces of what was happening for me personally, like personally, this whole um, idea, even as they, my kids were getting older, it was hard for me to give up the control and, and move out of yeah. what I, this other tool you talk about, the, the the four phases of parenting. And I was very good at and in that director role and managing things and controlling things when my kids were little. And as they moved into middle school, I was freaking out and had so much anxiety about everything I had no control over suddenly and or felt right. sudden. And so that on top of that ADHD diagnosis was like rocking my world and just all these things I, I suddenly felt like I had no control over. So you, you guys held that container for me individually with individual coaching. And then the group coaching was was where I learned, like just the space was held and normalized. Like I, I got mm-hmm. to see other people who were had challenges too, some very different, some very similar, some that were stages ahead of me, like high school or, or emerging adults. And that was really powerful for me. I needed to see that. I didn't have those models of how do you be with these kids as they get older and you're not in director mode anymore. And And I think you mentioned this earlier, it was like, the language, like I needed, I was, you know, reprogramming in my brain how to be a parent. And I needed the language. Like I would actually write down just the words that you would say that the people in the group would say, and I'd practice it in the shower and I'd practice it before I went to bed and I'd practice it in the morning and, and to have these, you know, conversations that were so important to have. And I was so nervous to have, like, cause I didn't have that confidence yet to interact with my well and the word the word objectivity is kind of popping in and and julie you're not you're not alone in in the fact that you're a mental health professional who's getting support in our community i can't tell you how many coaches and therapists and you know every other flavor of people in our community doctors and it really is because it's hard when you're in the middle of it and that's one of the beautiful Mm -hmm. things about coaching it's like this sort of not that it's under a microscope but that it's you know a light shining on what this is what's mirror i like the the mirror mirror. yeah Yeah. i like the mirror that's like great but it's this sort of mirror of what's really going on here let's look together and explore what's going on here in a way that's not about oh my gosh we got to fix it but it's this sort of what do we want to do about it where do we want to go with it right well what i just i just had this notion because i'm looking at the the three of us on screen right and i just realized when you hold up the mirror and you look in a mirror you see things behind you that you don't see in front of you mm-hmm. right and so part of what coaching this environment does is it creates a space for you to not just see you but to see what's around you in relation to your family and when you come to it with this openness that you did, and Julie, I really want to acknowledge because, you know, this is one of those rare people that both of us have had a chance to work with you for years. Yeah. Right. Like we know, we know you pretty well and, and you're beautifully open in the work that you do. And you really are looking for what's my role? How can, what, what, what am I doing that might be challenging? What can I do that will improve? And that willingness to step into the mirror and really look all the way around, it's really admirable and it's hard to do, you know, to do it without judging yourself, to do it without saying, well, you know, my hair looks terrible today. <laughs> right? <laughs> right. So maybe it makes sense to talk a little bit more specifically about some of the things that you saw that started to shift as you started to do the work. 
Yeah. Yeah. Well, great. And just even in that, to further that mirror and move it forward a little, it was really like what I love about the coaching model too, is just this, the coach approach is the strengths perspective is that like, as we're looking at everything in the picture, we're really trying to focus on like, what is working really well, right? That's how you start all your group calls. Like what are the celebrations? What's going well? And it's by design that way. Right. And so, um, and I didn't, I didn't naturally, I wasn't naturally programmed that way. Like it was very much this, you know, fixed mindset of like, what's broken? What do we need to fix? You know, what's not going well and, and let's focus there, hyper-focus, you know, in, in ways. So I saw that change a lot. Like it was really this, like just perspective. It, it was for myself mostly, but then that translated into being how I showed up with my kids, just being able to have more self-compassion and mm-hmm. like being more at ease and just creating again, that word, like just more space and, you know, really seeing the best in my kids and with trust and like, being able to trust myself and trust them and just created a whole different like tone. If, you know, you call it tone of the home. I just want to be careful to say, like, I think that the tone in the home was, was good, but the tone with me and, yeah. and how I showed up, I think all the time I wanted to be better. Right. So like it changed that tone of how I showed up and I interacted with myself and with my kids. Well, this notion of trust, right? So we, Diana and I've been doing some work with a Um, what we're calling the independence pyramid. And the foundation of it is relationship. And you've spoken already a lot today about how this enabled you to shift your relationship with your kids. And that next layer is trust. And it's trusting them. it's, It's trusting yourself. It's trusting the universe. And when you struggle with, as, as I do, when you struggle with anxiety, it's harder to trust. And so you really actually have to learn to trust because it doesn't always come naturally. Right. I, I love that. You gave me that. You, yes. You both helped to hold that for me. Right. Uh, so that I could trust myself, but it really does translate directly into creating that trust with my kids and seeing their amazingness and just their solidness and wisdom that is different from mine. And like, as I open up that space time and time again, they are, they are making different choices. I, now I can offer and say, you don't have to do this. I'm not going to make you do this. This is why I would do this, but you can do what you want. And sometimes they choose different choices and I'm blown away all the time by like how it works out or how they figure it out. And like the greatness and how they soar in ways I wouldn't, you know, I'm glad I got out of that director mode because I don't know if I'd always direct them in the right places for them. Well, and you, as you're saying that, Julie, I mean, you were talking about the fact that the tone in your home was always good and you've always had a close family. And I know that your relationships with your kids changed and, and maybe even with your husband changed in this. Talk a little bit about how that shift to a strengths-based approach, that shift to helping them identify what they wanted instead of what you wanted necessarily for them change that relationship? Yeah, well, definitely for me, there was, yes, less yelling. Like I yelled. And then there was that shame cycle that was right on the heels of the yelling. Right. And then I'd feel, oh, like horrible. I'm the worst mom. And like, I would sit in that. And then that would like cause me to yell more because I was feeling so bad about myself. Right. And so it was right. kind of this you know, this cycle that would continue it. And this judgment, this just sense of like judging, like I was, you know, it was like in my tone, I would, it would, it would, I would never say like, like what is wrong with you to like really those words to me or to my kids, but in my tone, like it, that was there. Right. So 
so that shifted hugely. And, and, and I will say even sometimes I have a, a 13 year old and sometimes I slip back into that, but, but what's different is, is that like, I can catch myself and I apologize for it. And we talk about it and I'm like, I'm working on this. And we, I'm like working through this. And my, my 13 year old the other day, he like looked at me, he said, that's okay, mom. We're all working on things. Like I totally get it. It was like with <laughs> permission to be human granted from a 13 year old, it just doesn't get better amazing. than that. Oh my gosh. I was like, holy cow. But it was like, those are the things that have changed. I mean, I, I'm, I might've apologized before, but it's, just with such a, like, um, a depth and a trust and a like connection to my kids that it's, and trust in myself that like, we've got this, we'll think we'll figure this out together. Well, and it's a difference. I'm going to go back to that word of shame because it's like this sort of this difference from, oh my gosh, I totally screwed up. I can't believe I just yelled at my kids to, wow, I just yelled at my kids. I must really be off balance. What do I do to get back in the space where I can parent the way I want to parent? That's right. I have this memory of my kids saying to me once, you're saying yes, Anne, but you really mean no, but. And because what happens is you start doing this work as your kids start learning, you know, because you're raising their emotional intelligence while you're raising your emotional intelligence, which is amazing because they are so much farther ahead at their ages than we were at that age. But what you're speaking to, I think, is so profound, which is our ability to actually to walk the talk, to represent what we're saying, for the nonverbal communication to match the verbal <laughs> communication. And it doesn't mean being the perfect parent. I mean, I no. think that that's the thing I want to say is like that authenticity is not not yelling. It's not, I mean, yes, we want to yell us with our kids because we know the challenges that brings, but it's not about making it perfect. It's about making it human. Yeah. Which is modeling for them what adulting is really all about, because <laughs> it turns out to be harder than we may have thought. That's I don't know right. if anybody else has noticed that, but yeah, you know, this adulting thing is kind of hard sometimes. It's messy. It's messy. And, it is. Yeah. And all of its beautiful richness too. But So as we start to kind of wrap down this conversation... Like, what is it that you want listeners to know or hear? What's something that you hope parents will take away from this conversation? Well, mostly just that there's hope and to not like in those moments when I remember when she first got her diagnosis and I started, I talked to one person who had gone, I know had gone through this before and the the road seemed so long and Mm. tangled and the ball to unravel of like how we were going to move forward just seemed impossible. Like, like, and I, I knew we could, I knew, I knew somewhere we would figure it out and I would figure it out. But, um, but there were moments and times where it was just like overwhelming, paralyzingly overwhelming. And so just holding that if you're there or, or wherever you are, sometimes I think in different moments along the journey, we might feel glimpses of that as well, but just that there's hope and to just keep at it and there you're not alone. And like, you know, really holding to like, there's no perfect, you know, there is no, there's no one right way that this is supposed to look and be, and to just hold, hold that too, that we're, it seems to me like one of the things we talk about, I think it's sanity school, is this notion of parenting from inspiration instead of desperation. And when I think about your trajectory, your journey, when you first got that diagnosis, there was this feeling of desperation. And I see you now every, you know, twice a month as you come into group, 
parenting from a place of inspiration. It's like, how, you know, how, how do I improve my relationship with this kid? What do I want to do differently to, to connect with that? Like there's a, there's a vision of what you want for your family that I see you bring. And, you know, if I can share that, like my perspective, watching your, your path, that's what the, how the hope manifests, Mm -hmm. right. Is, is to see you parenting from a place of inspiration and silver lining. Right. That's so beautiful. Thank you. Yeah. This is why I've come here. Right? This is what I get. This is such a gift. Like, but that's what, yeah, you guys are about and hold so beautifully is really seeing everybody's strengths as we're all on this journey and all moving forward with whatever our unique struggles are. Yeah. Well, and that and don't worry in group, we will also call out the, you know, here's what I see that might need to tweak. Yeah, for sure. And if we don't hold that in a space of, of positivity and, and really holding to what's working, it just drags us. Down. Well, and it's, the, that's the thing. It's like, everybody's on a journey and everybody's journey is a little bit different and a little bit the same. And so mm-hmm. that's actually one of the things I love about the coaching model and the work we do is it's really about helping people figure out where they're at and where they want to go and get there. You know, not, it's not about a cookie cutter solution. It's not about, you know, do it our way or the highway. I mean, it's really very personalized, very personalized. So, and you embody that Julie, because you've figured out how to make this yours. And and for each child, right? (laughs) Like it's going to be different. All three, all of them are different. So we need to wrap. We're at time. Diane, want to bring us home? Yeah, no, I, as we close off, you know, do you have a favorite quote or a model or something that you want to share with our audience, Julie? Yeah, well, there's a, a few of them just that, you know, the rinse and repeat that like, don't worry if you you mess something up or it doesn't go as you hoped, like just try it again, rinse and repeat. And, and just also um, these ideas of the stages of parenting, like that, the, you know, with stage one being that director mode and, and that, that there's other places to be than just there. And um, one other tip that I love is this idea. You talk about the breadcrumbs and like mm. the little birds at the ocean, like at the t- edge of the ocean, yeah. kind of like when you're having these hard conversations with your kids or like big things you want to talk about. And instead of like having the whole conversation, you know, being a, a therapist, my, my mom, I'm, sure, I'm not sure if I said this earlier, my mom was a therapist and a teacher as well. So like we're used to sitting on the couch and like, you know, let's talk about things that but a lot of the, most of the teens and kids, you know, aren't going to do that. So it's like dropping these little breadcrumbs or just little pecks of information or like to drop a word or drop an idea that I would, I'd like them to think about and, and not hold tightly. And then running away. We don't have to sit and dissect it in the moment. And we can keep coming back like those little, so those, the sandpiper those, run up, run away, run up, run away. Yeah. yeah. No, it's, those it's, have been huge. Well, it's so interesting. So much of what we do are classic coaching tools. Then there are concepts like that, that we've cultivated over the years from working like that came out of a PSS group, out of a group coaching group. That concept came from a discussion with a group of parents. We didn't make it up. We just kind of coined it or named it because that's what we realized. That's brilliant. I love it. There's a beautiful collaboration that happens in these, in these sessions as well. All right, my friends, it's time to call it a a call. Thank you for for being here, Julie. And we really honor you for the work you've done over the years. It takes a lot of humility to say, I know this stuff, I understand it, and I still want some help to be the better me, to be the mom I know I can be. And so I really honor the way that you've stepped in um, and really gotten the support you need to be who you want to be. 
I'm so grateful to you both for helping me be the mom that I have always dreamed of being. So thank you so much. I'm still, still working on it, but I'm. As we all are. We all are. And with that, thank you everyone who's listening. Thank you for being here. Thank you for what you're doing for yourself and for your kids. At the end of the day, it makes all the difference. You've been listening to the Parenting with Impact podcast with Elaine and Diane. For more information on the Impact Parents community or to join Sanity School for Parents, please visit impactparents.com. If you like what you've heard, please share this podcast with friends who need similar guidance and subscribe wherever you listen to podcasts. This podcast is a part of the C-Suite Radio Network. For more top business podcasts, visit c-suiteradio.com.